Welcome back to Technotopia, a podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Massimo Banzi and Fabio Violante, the co-founders of Arduino. This is Technotopia. Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York, that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com. Welcome back to Technotopia, a podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Fabio Violante and Massimo Banzi. Uh, Fabio is the CEO of Arduino, and Massimo is the co-founder and CTO. Welcome, guys. I've wanted to have you guys on this for a long, long time. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So the Arduino is, is one of my favorite projects in the world. I don't understand it. And I have very difficult time uh, understanding things in general, so I don't. I'm, I, I, I don't blame you guys. Uh, but why don't you tell the world what Arduino is and and why you guys built it? Um, so, so Arduino is essentially um, uh, it's a combination of of hardware, software, and a whole sort of uh, teaching methodology that's used to to teach people how to use electronics creatively, how to use. Uh, electronics to build things, to invent things, and it was designed uh, for uh, for people that don't have a lot of background in terms of electronics and programming. Uh, it started off uh, because I, I teach uh, in uh, design in in different design schools in Europe, and and back at the time I was teaching in a design school in Italy, and my objective was to help my students. Uh, be creative, uh, invent things with electronics without being an electronics engineer, which uh -huh. is you know. It's a bit of a, it's a challenge because engineers study for many years to 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 learn what they do. So, so that the, the objective was to make technology simple and, and so that people could use it creatively. Okay, so it's essentially a small board mm -hmm. that connects to that can connect to all kinds of other stuff. So you can basically, a, uh, ten years ago, to make hardware. You had to get a degree in computer engineering, software engineering, electrical engineering, go work for Samsung or Sony or LG or something, and go work in the design labs until they let you design something that you could eventually make and sell off of a assembly line. Now, if I wanted to make something, I can sit in my attic and, and make something. <laughs> what? Yeah. Why? Did you expect that to happen? Did you expect that change to come? <laughs> Uh, well, well, not exactly as it happened, but but the whole objective, in a way, of, of the school, of the type of school where I teach, where we teach interaction design. So we we teach people how to use design to sort of dominate, to control, to 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 use technology. So in a way, our objective was to create a whole army of people that are able to design uh, electronics products. So we took advantage of some of the. Innovation that happened, I guess, in the in the 90s of cheaper microcontrollers. So these little computers on a chip that just costs—they used to cost just a few dollars. Now sometimes they even cost a few cents. 
Uh, we took advantage of the fact that wireless connectivity was something that was before relegated to large computers, and now you could attach it to these tiny computers. So in a way, we took advantage of this innovation and, and sort of price reduction uh, of this type of electronics and sort of uh, created uh, the tools that you use to program this thing. And then in the end, it sort of spilled out of the design school and it became a tool that lots of people uh, use to fix problems in their home or to invent a product or to build an art installation and so on. Uh -huh. is, see, this is, the, this is an interesting question. Is this an art? Is the creation of electronic products like this an art? Is it science? Is it an engineering? Uh, is it an engineering discipline? I think that it's a combination of all the elements because the products uh, that uh, the team put together were very, very well engineered to be very easy to use. Uh, but the product without a fantastic and easy to use uh, development tool, uh, it's very limited. So the secret sauce was basically the combo of the art of designing a fantastic board with the designing fantastic tools and also you know the idea that uh, those things cannot live without a ton of content that people can leverage customize tinker make transform do crazy stuff and publish those things uh, for for the benefit of the community and the other members of the community that that made the real uh, I think success. So it's the combo of uh, everything. So we've moved from the the world of the the, the nerd hiding in an in engineering office to, uh, I mean, a classroom really, a uh, an art studio, that sort of thing. Yeah. Also, uh, outside of sort of the small circle of stu students that I had, the first people who adopted Arduino, for example, were music musicians. They were doing electronic music, and they wanted expressive interfaces that didn't require just you know to tap keys on a laptop they wanted sensors that could turn you know light sound uh, vibration movement uh, temperature into uh, you know uh, signals that control the the music synthesizer they were artists they were people building interactive installations so i guess the first community was somebody that was using it for a very artistic creative purpose and then it became something that also was able to accelerate people that wanted to innovate so a lot of startups started off as a as an arduino with a few things to uh on a breadboard and then it even ended up in situations where uh, the 3d printing community started to adopt arduino as an engine so a lot of 3d printers uh used arduino as a motherboard i guess to touch with one thing, I think one very important thing about Arduino is that we are, I think, the first very uh, popular open hardware project. So the idea is that also the design of all the hardware that we make since the beginning is open. Anybody can use it as a starting point to build their own products. So I think this was also one of the elements that made it successful and people sort of used Arduino as a, as a sort of springboard for for building their own products now that's why it became so popular is there well i mean actually there is i just even i just answered my own question there is a community that's actually using arduino to put into finished products as well right 
Oh yeah, if you look at Kickstarter, for example, a ton of people are using uh, Arduino as the way to prototype the product, or for example, they take our hardware design, they turn it into hardware design of their own product, but they still use our software development tools and documentation to to build their product. So uh-huh. it ends up in a lot of in a lot of products for sure. It, it, it's kind of that kind of uh, you know catalyst in a way. Why aren't you angry? Why don't you you need to you need to get those billions of dollars that are coming out of these hardware projects, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I, I, well, you know, the question is, it's a very strange uh, situation because yes, we could have made it very proprietary and sort of very closed source. Uh, we probably would have made a little bit more money, but we I'm sure we wouldn't be able to create the fantastic ecosystem that Arduino has now. So I guess the the whole idea was why don't we get a smaller uh, slice of a very big cake uh-huh. then try to take the whole cake but then it's a very tiny cake no so yes we could be making a lot more money but I don't think you know everybody has to be a billionaire no uh, well we'll see what happens so what what are some of the what's some of the advice that you would have for somebody who's trying to build something like this I would argue and I'm not exactly sure if this is true I'm try I'm still trying to think this through but to a degree I feel like there hasn't been a an Arduino equivalent in software that encourages everybody right encourages the the artist encourages the writer encourages the musician to use software in the same way they use they use hardware in this case because hardware is hardware is a very physical thing hardware is a, a human computer interaction in a, in the physical realm whereas software to a degree is is in the mental realm is there is there something equivalent to that that you guys have seen well so what happens is that uh, arduino itself uh, is uh, very heavily uh, based and inspired on a tool called processing, mm-hmm. which is the programming language that was designed at the MIT by Casey Rees and, and, and um, I, sorry, I remember Casey Rees was my colleague at, at the design school, but, mm-hmm. but it was designed by a team at the MIT uh, effectively to, des- to teach artists and designers how to program. So we borrowed a lot of concepts from that tool. So in a way, they were before us and they were trying to really make it easier for people to do software. I think the issue is that in the world of tools that simplify programming, the situation is very fragmented. In a way, Arduino emerged at the right time in a situation where there were not a huge amount of those tools and became very popular. So people identified very clearly. While in the software world, there's a ton of tools that people have tried through history to design that would make it simpler for people to learn how to program. If you look at the whole world of Scratch, you know, the MIT Scratch uh, mm-hmm. that it's used to learn how to program, you can do fairly sophisticated visual apps using Scratch. And there's a, you know, there's a ton of people that try to make it simple. It's just that the situation is much more fragmented. And in a way, I think that in the computer science world, there's a lot more, uh, people give a lot more importance to the kind of uh, programming language that you use. Now, some people say, oh, you got to do JavaScript. That's the only way. And the other person said, no, no, it's got to be Python. You can you can only do it with Python. Well, I guess in Arduino, is people are much more uh, sort of result-oriented. They care a little bit less what kind of programming language or processor you use. They mm-hmm. care about reaching their kind of goals uh, as quickly as possible. Interesting. 
So what's the future for this sort of stuff? Is this the future of uh, computer education? Is this the future of hardware manufacturing? Yeah, I think that the, the future has a lot to do with uh, making things talk. And <laughs> that's the very important challenge that we have because for a number of years, people tried to put the intelligence, the brain, using Arduino into the, the things that they were developing. And uh, more and more people are making connected uh, devices. Uh, so leveraging the, the capability of the single device to be an actuator or a sensor or whatever mm -hmm. uh, creativity brings. Uh, but then making those things talk and also talk to human is something that is uh, that is important. So basically, a lot of investment that we are making are related to creating the same, same seamless, very uh, easy to use kind of experience into connected devices. And this is for, you know, educational purposes, for home users that may like to do their home automation. And they're already doing this with Arduino by putting some products from us and from third parties together, stitching them together. We want to make it a little bit more organic so that even companies that are using randomly Arduinos in their production uh, plants or embedding Arduino derived things into their devices will find an easy path to uh, to create connected things in uh, weeks instead of uh, months and more more using more importantly using you know the expertise of the people they already have in, in house without having to build a you know a huge uh, range of competencies moving from mm -hmm. You know, the hardware engineer that you mentioned before to the software engineers, to cloud engineers, infrastructure and so on and so forth. So our challenge is to build on uh, our uh, cloud services to make the experience very easy and focus on a family of products that simplify, you know, the connectivity. For example, many people know the traditional uh, Arduino format. Maybe you have seen that. So the Uno format became a classic mm -hmm. in industry. And now we are focusing on a smaller form factor uh, that is tailored to this kind of application. So very tiny devices that can be uh, that have already on board the power management, that have security embedded, that is a very important aspect in connected devices, and that have the power to, to do more sophisticated computation on the nodes. So that's the, the challenges where we are taking, you know, uh, Arduino, the place where we are taking Arduino, also to make it a vi viable option to go beyond the prototyping phase and to become to be embedded as a brain and as a communication device, secure communication device into multiple things. Of course, we're not talking about embedding it into a television or for a million units. But when it when we talk about thousands of uh, connected devices, Arduino, the new form factor could be a viable option for also for the production. Does does Samsung still exist in the future? Does Sony still exist in the future with stuff like this floating around? Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that one of the things that maybe we will see in the future is 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 more quote unquote hackability, programmability of these kind of devices. And then you will see pl platforms like Arduino having a number of features that allow you almost to. To, to, to augment the functionality that your TV or your home automation system mm -hmm. has. 
So, so you know, you, you can add your own kind of layer of creativity on top of the consumer electronic stuff that you have at home. I think that Arduino can kind of play this role of kind of the scripting system for 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 the things that surround you. Know, and I think I think that's an interesting it's an interesting role to have because. Sometimes it's about fun, you know, it's about something, doing something for fun. But sometimes uh, people have used, for example, Arduino uh, to create uh, homes for people that are disabled. Mm-hmm. So they, they use uh, home automation to improve the life of people uh, that have a hard time, you know, using the home in the same way that uh, the rest of the people do. So so there's there's a way that you can do it just so you can, you, know, you build something cool at home. And there's also a way that you can kind of build, use this to build something custom for somebody who needs, who needs more assistance. All right. So this is always going to be not the realm of the hobbyist, but it's going to be, it's going to be an add-on to the standard com- consumer electronics that we use every day. Yeah, that's that's a that's a direction. Right. Uh, so very cool. This has this has been fascinating. Uh, everything's going good with the company. Everybody's happy over there now. Yeah, we are extremely excited. So so basically, <laughs> having back the full control of Arduino is is for us a tremendous opportunity. The community reaction were extreme. And, uh, you know, extremely positive. Uh, we had uh, a lot of kudos from uh, <laughs> almost the entire industry. So we are <laughs> excited. There is a ton of work to do, uh, to be honest. But we have an incredible team uh, that is growing. And uh, uh, so we have a very good starting point for, uh, let's say, the Arduino 2.0. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. All right. Fabio Massimo, thank you for joining me. This has uh, uh, been a real treat. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you Thank very you. much. All right. You've been listening to Technotopia, podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. We will see you next week. Technotopia is brought to you by Typewriter. Typewriter is your on-demand editor, and their amazing team of writers will make your book chapter, blog post, or email shine. Typewriter editors come from places like TechCrunch, Gizmodo, and the New York Times, and they offer low bulk rates for longer work. Check it out at typewriter.plus. That's typewriter.plus.